Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Good morning, gladiators, and welcome to the next episode of the Leadership Profile. With me today, I have Colonel Silas Darden, who is the new 960th Vice Commander. Welcome. Hey, thanks, sir. Good to be here. I uh, just came up from the 860th, and I'm glad to be joining the Wings today. This is excellent. Yeah, and, and I think I say this every time, but I'm like, I'm really excited to have this discussion with you, and I'm excited to have you as part of the team. Uh, I, I think you fill a really needed gap in, in my knowledge from you being in the wing a long time, and then the combat comms, not really a strength of mine. And so I think we're going to make a really good team and I'm looking forward to working with you. Well, I keep hearing that. And so hopefully uh, on these next few or uh, couple of years, I won't, I won't let you down. I don't want to uh, overpromise and underdeliver, but I hope to live up to those expectations. No, I think you'll be fine. And, uh, you know, we, we, we tend to fill each other's gaps. And you got a lot of experience and a lot of respect and a lot of those connections and network. So it's going to work out really well. So today we just want to talk a little bit about who you are and introduce you to the way and kind of some of the things and thoughts and maybe some some of those things you have in your book over there. You can share with us from uh, leadership lessons or just interesting thoughts. And, um, you know, so people get a chance to know you and. In a distributed manner or wing, sometimes it's tough to get out and see everybody, meet everybody. You probably know way more people in the wing than I do, but uh, as, as time goes, we'll get an opportunity to kind of share our vision for the entire wing and where we want to go as a command team and with our priorities and what our strategic vision is. So um, I could think the first thing I'd, I'm interested in is kind of just give us a little bit about, hey, where you been and um, kind of maybe um, what you do in your uh, civilian life now that you're going to be a TR. And, and I think it's really interesting um, what you do and, and important to bring those skills into um, your role here as, uh, as a leader in the wing. Sure. So uh, um, I will try to sum up my career in a minute or less uh, in the interest of everybody's time. But I started on active duty as a missileer uh, and then quickly rolled into uh, the, the, the reserve world, uh, first in um, uh, space uh, and then in cyber testing. Um, uh, uh, although it was called something different uh, back in the day. Uh, and then uh, rolled into the IMA world still, uh, but went back to be combat comm uh, after uh, staff tours, working as a speechwriter to the CAFR. Um, and then working in legislative liaison at AFRC, headquarters AFRC and a couple of joint jobs in between. Uh, and then I came to the group uh, as the deputy, the first deputy under Colonel uh, Terry when the group was was back then a very, very, very new thing. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit. I uh, was fortunate enough to get uh, um, uh, selected for the debt two job, which uh, subsequently became the 860th COG. So uh, a wide varieties of experiences all over the place. But a lot of time in the 960th uh, uh, Wings predecessor organization. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, you got time as squadron commander, group commander, and now at the wing level. And and uh, I also think having you be in all those different statuses, right? You've been just about every status. You've got all your pillars filled, really makes you a well-rounded person. And in the reserve, a lot of times, we don't get a chance to maybe do all those just because of the way we participate. But um, it's going to be critical for us to continue to mentor our folks, think in the future about um, having those experiences to make sure that we're, we're developing the right people for those leadership roles. Yeah. So I, you know, I tell folks don't uh, walk past a mentorship opportunity. And so I mentor a lot of uh, officers, uh, both in the, the active component as well as the reserve component. Uh, I've uh, uh, um, 
been fortunate enough to have a uh, great reserve career uh, because I've had the opportunity to continue on and press my civilian career and been uh, moderately successful at that. And then uh, been able to do everything I wanted to do as a reservist. And I said that being a reservist provided me uh, kind of opened up the world in terms of things I was able to do, uh, details, uh, working on White House initiatives and other things. And so uh, for those active component officers that are considering uh, some reserve experiences, it's not just kind of the cookie cutter or looking at somebody's bio and say, I must do those things in order to achieve this goal. Uh, you can really have the career you want uh, as a reservist. Uh, and I think every reservist already knows that. And, and I talk a lot about on-ramps and off-ramps, right? And finding the right status to serve at the right time based on your family or what's going on. If somebody's going to school, they got a chance to maybe dial it back a little bit and be a TR, an IMA, and then maybe it's time that they want to be full-time. And, and I think you, you've done that and shown that you've been able to kind of navigate some of those um, Certainly there's challenges in figuring out how to do that. So do you have any tips or things mentoring you'd like to share of um, timing wise, you think about what's, what's, what worked for you anyways? Yeah, I think that, that uh, one misnomer that we all need to appreciate early on in our careers is it's okay to say no, right? I think that we believe we'll be voted off the island uh, in some manner or form if we tell a senior leader no, and that is uh, not the case. Now, um, we have to understand there are risks there, uh, uh, personally and professionally saying no, but uh, we also have to uh, make what is our uh, life goals uh, kind of our guiding light. And so for me, I made decisions over time to tell uh, people no, uh, because those decisions conformed with where I wanted my life uh, personally and professionally to head. Uh, sometimes I took a little bit of a risk. It was an opportunity that I otherwise really wanted, but I couldn't take at the time. Um, uh, but uh, I always landed on my feet, continued to perform and got other opportunities. And so uh, for those folks that are for the listeners out there, I would say um, uh, start out with a plan. Right. Um, if you get presented an opportunity, a senior leader come say, hey, it would be really nice for you to come do this. Uh, be willing to say no, uh, because it's not a time and just provide that message that, that I really would like to do this for you. But I can't right now uh, because I have this thing that I'm working on uh, that's more important right now to me. And, and I think senior leaders uh, appreciate uh, that you're honest. Um, uh, and are willing to come back to you when there's another opportunity that they can. Yeah, that's great advice. And it's really hard to do. Um, some people feel this need to want to please everybody and they feel like they're not going to get that next opportunity. And I've talked about in previous podcasts with me is that I've been a guy that's taken advantage of opportunities um, and, and you never know they're going to come and you should always be ready. Um, so you've been number one. And so your number one group commander, debt two into the 860th and number one group deputy. Um, what would you tell people about um, trying to like really step out and be part of something that's brand new and maybe way different than they've seen before? Um, what, what kind of things are you feeling and what kind of risks and challenges did you see? associated with that. Yeah. So I, I did get uh, some heads up in preparation for this conversation. You mentioned my book. And so I do have a book and I've been looking over uh, my experiences at the 860th and what I took into that job uh, and other jobs. And so uh, you, you, you joke with me about carrying a book around. I do carry a book around for anybody that's going to see me. And it has little bits of tidbits of information. Uh, one of the things I pulled out of my book uh, in preparation for that question, thank you, sir, was uh, um, be better than XXX, right? And so stepping into uh, the 860th, uh, one of the goal or the debt to even one of the goals I had um, was to, to be better than XXX. And so we wanted to look at those measures of effectiveness uh, as an organization and look at predecessor organizations or sister organizations or even our active component partner organizations and say, 
Um, is that a metric we can or measure we can take? And can we be better at it then? Uh, now, for some, we, we fell flat on our face because we were a new organization. But in some cases, we were work out uh, policies, practices, or as we call them, the military TTPs that enabled us to have better measured outcomes, right? And that, I think that was the, uh, the ultimate goal. So, uh, you know, some people say if you're if you're shooting for something and you miss the mark, you still uh, fared better than you otherwise would if you didn't shoot for anything. And so we shot high uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, uh, we missed uh, in a lot of cases, but but we ain't, uh, got further than we otherwise would if we never shot. Yeah, it's excellent. And so being a hockey guy, there's a there's a famous quote Wayne Gretzky said that um, you you miss 100 percent of the shots you never take. And so I think, uh, you know, that's important. The Reserve Command did uh, make an investment in cyber, and we feel like that's really important. And, and where you and the team and everybody that had a piece of that has really moved us along um, in a way. And, and we're at this point now where we've been a wing for uh, almost two years. And um, I know you and I spent a lot of time and I appreciate your counsel throughout the years here about what we need to look like in the future. And, and, and I'm not sure where that's going to go. And, you know, you heard a lot of demand signals. We use that terminology all the time. Um, and uh, so what kind of thoughts do you think um, future wise well, that we should consider? Yeah. So it's an excellent question, sir. I think that, that number one, uh, um, uh, I think that we cyber, especially reserve cyber, we kind of get a bad rap for not for, for folks telling us we, we're not telling our story effectively and, and uh, um, to, to, to tell a. Another story I heard a long time ago um, from uh, the, the strategic triad, right? So, so subs, uh, missiles, and uh, and bombers, right? The nuclear triad. Um, um, Missileers never really have to tell their story, right? Because everybody knows it is a strategic turn and we'll always have it, right? Um, cyber, uh, for our part, and the story we should be telling is that um, uh, it is also a strategic imperative, right? It's in the NDS and, and other things. Yes. And so that's the story we need to continue telling that um, uh, it is a strategic imperative to have defensive cyberspace operations, offensive cyberspace operations, and then those um, other expeditionary comms and other things that enable um, our forces to fight forward. And so um, I think that that, uh, in terms of a changing or shifting dynamic is what we need to message better, uh, that it is a strategic, strategic imperative that we have those type of resources. Uh, and then we plan and program effectively. Yeah. So your your time with LL and your time, you know, working um, close to the CAFR and writing speeches and in the front office, um, really, I think prepared you to think that way. I'm not sure everybody necessarily has, has had those same experiences to think that way. And 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 certainly um, through my experience of going through uh, PME at a joint school, it kind of makes you think differently. And um, going forward here. Um, where have you seen maybe um, your mind shift change, maybe growing the group from from that first real small group into where we are today? Um, have things gone the way you expected or maybe not? And, and where could have we what lessons learned are there is there that we can apply to going forward in the future? So, yeah, so I think I did have uh, or was able to. Right. So I was coming out of squadron command when when I came here as the group deputy. Right. So I was a combat comm squadron commander, went to the 9-11th uh, to do kind of base comm uh, and then came here as the deputy. And so uh, as the deputy group commander, uh, right, you're an alter ego uh, for the group commander. And so I was very much focused on uh, staff level operations in support of subordinate level commanders. So that that was the job heading out to the, the debt to and what would be the 860th. Um, I had a big mind shift because it was about forming a staff, yes, but it also was about supporting the 670 plus airmen. And so 
everything we did uh, wasn't necessarily a staff activity. It was focused on an outcome for an airman, right? What package are you pushing? Um, uh, what award are you pushing? But how are you reducing uh, um, uh, your work such that it's impacting an airman and enabling him or her to do their mission, right? And so coming back up here as a, as a, as a, a, a vice wing commander, I think it's going to be a different shift uh, because then I'm going to be looking uh, at your um, out priorities, right? Because you're looking up and out and then focus the staff uh, and translating that message so we're able to achieve uh, those kind of strategic level priorities. And I think that's that's been the shift. It's It's been very staff, then down in the weeds, focused on the airmen tactically, and then now we're going up and out. Yes. Yeah, and, and again, I think that has suited you well to be prepared for, you know, being that vice commander is having those different experiences as well. Um, so when we look at the vision and for the future, you know, we've talked about a lot of things um, back and forth about um, really where we need to go. And, and how, how do you think we should approach that from just sorting through all the different demand signals from all of our mission partners? Any thoughts there? Carefully. I mean, I think it's 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 the uh, uh, I guess the best word to describe it, because I think that there and we talked about demand signals, but I think that, that we're in this this position because uh, cyber is a strategic imperative. Uh, um, everybody wants us to be everywhere doing everything. Uh, but we're in also in that 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 time in, in the Air Force when resources resources aren't necessarily there such that can afford us the opportunity to be everywhere. Um, uh, you and I know and everybody listening knows that, that reservists are innovators. And so what we, we really have to do is kind of take a look at um, what our airmen are uh, capable of doing. Where, where does the capacity lie? What can we train to recruit to? We kind of got to shift our focus uh, and support those missions that we're best aligned to do right away uh, and then grow in other areas where we know we can get to with marked success very, very quickly because that's the speed of need. Yeah, our, uh, and, and I know we talk a lot about our requirement system and AFRC being very deliberate, and there's good reasons for that. And in the cyber community, obviously, um, you know, our, our, our demands on us are much faster. We need to be more agile and adaptive, and we got to kind of balance that and make sure that we are being strategic in nature because we're strategic depth. Um, and that we're not overextending ourselves, that we're getting compelling and relevant missions um, so that we can recruit, retain to, and be able to be um, good mission partners, you know, uh, across the board. Um, and so I struggle with that because I want to move much faster because, you know, down here at the wing, you see the kind of the constant grind and the regafs doing it. You want to, I feel this overall need to help them and support and be there and be part of it. I got a little bit of, of FOMO. Uh, fear of missing out, right? I don't want to miss an opportunity. Um, I want to put our airmen in good spots and opportunities for them to be successful and grow and use their skills. And I'm proud of everything we do. Um, so we're going to have to try to navigate that together, right? And we're going to have to kind of lean on each other. And 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 I hope you can pull me back at times yeah. when it's like, hey, it's probably something we need to think about more or slow down or need you to put your hand on my shoulder and push me forward at times. To do that and we'll try to you know play off each other and and make sure um that we're doing right by the airmen in the wing and doing the right thing that's right short of the simple assault we'll put my hands on you i, I, <laughs> I, I got your back i will say that that I, I mean i think that that's the uh that's the challenge and the risk right so so we're right now talking about things we we want to do in 2023 um which which in in our world is uh years 
away. And in some people, I mean, they would say that that's too far away to even consider, but we're having to make those planning choices conversations now. And so um, a copy on, on, on the FOMO, I think we're, we're all uh, fall victim to it at, at, at some point. Uh, but uh, as you said, uh, we got to be articulate, I mean, deliberate. Yeah. So um, let's shift gears a little bit. So personally with you, um, can you talk about any mentors you've had or um, leadership lessons that, that people have kind of changed your mind or, um, had a real big impact in your life, not necessarily who they are, but what that kind of meant to you. I will talk about uh, probably my first mentor. That is, uh, um, I share his name, Silas Vondell Darden uh, Jr., uh, uh, retired uh, Army Command Sergeant Major. And and there are a number of nuggets he shared with me over the years. I call them nuggets because uh, um, uh, oftentimes I was thick-headed about receiving uh, what said <laughs> nugget was going to be. Um, uh I, I, I tell a story about I was, uh, um, I think uh, uh, I, I just wax. Uh, so, so one of my high school jobs was I worked at a car wash. Okay. And so, um, uh, I think I had I had um, I had I had waxed the truck. I was going to be driving it that evening. I think I was sixteen, seventeen year old, and I had waxed his 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 truck because I was going to be taking it out. And I think, uh, not a think. So, so I waxed the truck, and. He was in the house or he was just getting home and I was like, hey, dad, look, look at the job I did on, on the truck. And uh, uh, and he looked at me and he said, um, well, you're going to be driving it, aren't you? And I was, I was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. And he said, why would I thank you for something you're supposed to be doing? And um, uh, and and don't get me wrong, I, I certainly appreciate that the gratitude is important and we have to thank people. Uh, is uh, um, early and often as possible, especially in in uh, the military and reservist context, because it truly is a thankless job sometimes, uh, and we're taking a lot of time away from a lot of people that could be doing a lot of other things. But the the lesson in that uh, that very early lesson in my life was um, uh, that you know the kind of reward for doing your job is no punishment, um, and and then if you're approaching uh, the mission and the job that way, you're usually uh, fare better. Um, uh, again, he's, he's provided a number of other, uh, other life, life lessons, uh, some private, some not, but that was a, a very early one on that has kind of guided me in my military career. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, so I also share my father's name as well and, um, have, you know, some similar experience as well around work ethic. And, uh, and, and I remember one summer, um, I had a couple of days off and I worked at the airport and so pumping gas in airplanes and pulling airplanes around. And of course, dad helped me get that job. Um, cause his buddy ran the FBO and, uh, and, and so I had a couple of days off for whatever reason and no baseball. And he's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'm just going to relax, hang out with my friends. Um, he's like, no, we're going to the farm to, to his dad's farm, my grandpa's farm. And it's the middle of the summer and we're going to go bail hay. And so I spent two days and, uh, you know, 14 hours a day, 90 degree heat, bailing hay. And I thought, man, this sucks. This is hard work. And, um, but it taught me like, never take a day off. Like you always got to work and there's always something to do. And, um, I've kind of tried to live that since then and, um, and, and, and embody that. And I've seen him, him his whole life. So, um, I also was a little bit, you know, I wasn't happy about it. And, uh, at the time and, uh, but now I look back and I have, uh, you know, I got my own kids trying to help them understand those things. And I know you're a new dad too. And so, um, you're at a different 
different spot in that continuum of uh, growth of the kids. And I'm at that point now where the teenagers, so they don't listen to me. So, well, my 15 month old doesn't listen to me. I mean, we have a meeting of the minds all the time as to what I think. I, I'm yeah. like, Hey, here's what you should be doing. And I think he agrees, but all of a sudden he, he doesn't and, and just goes off its own little world. So I certainly, uh, a teenagers, 15 month old, same thing, sir. S- same thing. Yeah. That's uh, and see again, that's perspective. Like I forgot what it was like then. <laughs> I mean, you showed me, we you FaceTimed with them yesterday. And I'm like, Oh man, it'd be so awesome to have them that age again. It's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, similar challenges, no matter where they are in that continuum of life. Um, and so I know you've recently made a move kind of back to DC. How's that going? Uh, going well. So I headed back for, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm, I'm off of uh, AGR status back into the judicial reserve world. And so I, I, uh, I went back to my civilian uh, job at the department of justice. Um, uh, and so headed back there, uh, enjoying, uh, you know, being back there for the, for the uh, past uh, few weeks and, and, and really enjoying being back into the, the thick of uh, a civilian life. Certainly much different than life in Warner Robins, I'm sure. Uh, definitely in the pace, although, you know, the challenges with, with COVID-19 or I think experiences worldwide, uh, definitely in, in the U.S. And so um, with the social distancing and everything else, the, the pace is about the same. Sure. So we're going to kind of kind of continue to figure out what that means for us as a wing. And, and this, uh, I think, again, we talked about a lot. This is a long, this is the marathon. We're in the, the long fight here against this thing and making sure that, um, you know, we're being smart and commanders are, are, making good decisions and keeping their people safe. And um, um, so with you coming out of the group command, is there anything you want to, that you learned as a group commander that you like to share with maybe squadron commanders or unit leadership or anybody about um, as you kind of reflect on your time there about um, really uh, making them more effective either as individuals or a unit? Yeah. So I think that, that, um, the 860th commander superintendents uh, uh, and airmen know this, but but one of my bumper stickers is don't admire problems. Right. And so um, because we and I think this is this is military context outside of military context. There, there is a a, uh, um, uh, you know, you, you see a problem and you want to figure out if you want to do something about it. So there's kind of this OODA loop of what you should do. Meanwhile, the problem is still happening and or going on. Right. And so I try to tell folks that you see it. Uh, address it immediately, right? And even if you don't know what to do, ask somebody about it. And and so let's tackle it as a team together. And so so don't admire problems. Uh, number two, um, uh, take advantage of time and don't abuse it, right? And so uh, w- we have you know twelve hundred people um, uh, in this wing, twelve hundred people plus in this wing, uh, and they're all giving up time uh, to do this work, uh, right? The work of uh, of, of uh, this nation's defense when they could be doing something else, probably making a lot more money doing it. And we have to, for sure. we have to acknowledge that uh, for, you know, base level traditional reserves is giving up time to come uh, support our mission uh, on a UTA when they could be uh, uh, in the grandest sense, spending home time home with, with family, uh, 15 month old in my case. Um, uh, or if they, you know, don't have any friends, they could be sitting in a parking lot, eating a burrito, watching a movie on YouTube, still valuable time that they could be doing. And so we have to both acknowledge that and make sure that, that every minute they spend with us is a value to them personally and professionally. And so that would be my, my big number two is, uh, uh, um, both acknowledge that, that there is a time factor and, and don't abuse it. 
yeah, I think uh, sometimes we lose sight of that, right? And so we kind of get in that grind of uh, it's UTA or whatever, and we really got to think about um, America is truly a great place, and there's lots of opportunities for people to do different things. And um, where somebody raises their hand and says, hey, this is what I want to do, we should really be focused on making sure that time is valuable to them. And, and it's taking care of airmen. And then I think we get back much more than what we give as long as we give enough for – for that person. And um, I really like uh, the first one you talked about, don't admire a problem. Uh, previously, you know, I've heard a lot about don't walk by a problem, right? Yeah. Kind of same thing, but um, don't admire it, I think takes it to a next level. Like, like you're gonna, you see a problem, you may see it, you may not see it, but you walk by it. But if you admire it means you're gonna take that next step and really think about, make a decision like, no, I need to do something about it. And I think that's good mentality for all of us to take with us in any part of our lives. Yep. And and I think that related to number two, I mean, you just provoked another thought, which is uh, kind of number three is uh, um, there's people that have kind of reached um, that point where uh, professionally uh, and personally they need to move on. Right. And so I think that, that we, we have a, a number of folks here that have been doing this work a, a long time. We got to start thinking about other positions where they and these, these aren't bad conversations where they can be successful. Um, uh, because, you know, folks want to want to serve and we have to find them opportunities where they can serve a bit better. And that means opportunities within the wing and outside it. And so that's kind of in taking advantage of time. We also got to have those developmental conversations early and often about, hey, what's the best best place for you where you are having that feeling where you're you're on that incline uh, to, to, to being successful? Yeah, I think the wings at a point, too, where before I think we we're trying to, like, keep a lot of people in the wing to help build this, that kind of have that institutional knowledge. I kind of feel like the point, like, hey, we want to graduate people, right, out of the wing. We want them to go out and do different things, talk about the wing. And then if they get an opportunity to come back in a different role, certainly want, we want them to have those opportunities. But we want we want gladiators everywhere. And I know you've been really good at deliberately um, targeting, mentoring people for certain positions that are going to be able to have influence to help us and provide them personal growth. So I really appreciate that about you. Um, really happy to have you here as part of the team. Um, certainly you'll hear more from us coming through podcasts and all of our social media channels. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And um, if you uh, if you really would like to have a two hour get out of jail free, we're going to do the keyword again. And so the keyword is going to be emailed to um, the public affairs just, uh, email org box. And it's going to be Silas is the keyword. So email the word Silas over to uh, Sam at the public affairs, and then we'll randomly select somebody to get um, to, to have a two hour pass off UTA or supervisor pending, obviously, um, to make sure that happens. So thanks for listening. And I'm going to let Colonel Darden give us kind of the last word. If you have anything else to share and wrap it up. Well, a couple caveats to the spelling of the word Silas, uh, because if you, if you can't figure out how to spell it, because I think you should be able to spell it right. But uh, I'll give you a couple of hints, right? So there's a book called Silas Marner. Um, uh, there's a Silas the Snail off a, of an old PBS um, uh, kid show called Pinwheel. And Silas was also a character in the Da Vinci Code. All right. It's a little homework required. And we will make the caveat that you have to spell it right in order to be the winner. Uh, but as a, as a final shot, I just want to thank, uh, uh, thank Colonel Urge for, for taking the time. Uh, I'm glad to be here and I look forward to engaging uh, each one of, of you listeners. Excellent. Thanks everybody.